Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears that hold so many of us back. Now to afford life, the items we desire or the moments we choose to create, we can either make more money, which often leads to working more, increased stress and less time, or we can reduce our expenses and modify our life, which does come with its own sacrifices, but it can often lead to working less, reduced stress, more happiness, and more available time. My guest today is Brooke Tebenhoff, and after spending years pounding the flesh at ad agencies in London and Sydney, she opted for the latter. When her partner Benny and her decided to relocate their life to a national park on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. In this episode, we discuss the benefits of a slower life and how even though it is something you might want, it can still take time to be comfortable with the change. Moving at a pace with large decisions once you have made them so you don't have time to second guess yourself or talk yourself out of it. And how they tackled the employment barrier by opening their own creative agency, Heathenhoff, to help local businesses build successful brands. I personally find Brooke so inspiring as she went with an idea and makes it work as she learns along the way. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Brooke Tevenhoff. Hey Brooke, how are you going? I'm good, thanks, Mike. How are you? I'm very well, very well indeed. Now, am I correct in saying that you're currently watching the sunset, potentially listening to the waves crash on the sand <laughs> from your new home up in uh, Booty Booty National Park, which is on the east coast of Australia, about three and a half hours north of Sydney? Uh, that's correct. Although I wish I could say that I was watching the sunrise, but at the moment it's nighttime. So, but I am listening to the rain on the tin roof. If that if that counts for anything. Ah, beautiful. I do love the sound of rain on the tin roof. And, and <laughs> me too. It's it, it seems like it's a very Australian sound. Absolutely. That's what Australian summers are made of. You know, the beating hot sun during the day, the southerly change come through and then the electric storm at nighttime. But um, yeah, it's a little bit cooler here at the moment because it's winter, but we've had some nice warm days and a big storm front coming through today. So it's been interesting. <laughs> oh, lovely. Now, I, I can't wait for you to tell me about the moment when you walked through the front doors of your new home for the first time, but we'll get to that a little bit later. For now, can you paint the picture of what life was like two to three years ago? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I was living in Sydney with my partner, Benny, and we um, both were working, uh, we both worked for creative agencies in Sydney. Um, ben was then a um, creative director and I was working as a, um, a account service person and sort of... Um, transitioning across to become um, a strategist so I guess a bit of a changing career path there I'm um, still working for agencies but you know working really long hours um, really you know sort of absolutely giving it all our all at work and um, you know as a result of that very much making the most of our time off as well so um, you know going out a lot we both are really into music so going to loads of gigs and um, trips away and that sort of thing but we, we did really feel like we were starting to get to a bit of a burnout point and couldn't really decide you know whether this whether what was needed was a change of pace or a change of job or a change of industry and so um, we both quit our jobs um, full-time jobs and started freelancing initially just to get a little bit more variety in the day-to-day um, but that, I think, was sort of very much the start of a change in, I guess, our outlook on life and the way we wanted to be living our lives. Um, so that's kind of where our journey started. And that initial point where you left your work to freelance, was that a, a hard step for you guys to take or was it a safe step in the sense that you kind of already knew that you had elements of work locked in? 
Um, we neither of us had work locked in when we resigned, but um, in Sydney, and I, I guess we were both relatively senior um, in terms of our career stage. Um, there, there was loads of work, so we weren't worried at that stage about not being able to to lock down a contract. It, you know, they both come it came you know thick and fast for both of us, so it wasn't really an issue. But um, it was more at that point, I think, just wanting to have a little bit more. Um, variety in the day-to-day and the type of work that we were doing and the type of clients we're working with and having, I guess, a little bit more freedom to take control of our lives a little bit, you know, how much we were working. Um, we, we timed our contracts together so that they always sort of finished up around the same time. Um, yeah, I, at that stage, I don't think it was scary, but it certainly got a little bit scarier later on. Mm. And with that extra freedom that you thought you were going to have was that freedom there and and what did you end up doing with it um it it was definitely there I think um it it gave us both the freedom to be able to take a step back and and really um not feel like we have to give that pound of flesh um and and be able to I guess feel okay about walking out the door on time um (laughs) And, and finishing and not having to take home uh, work home with us over a weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think um, the nicest part about that was really being able to, it became less about planning our next contract and, and where we were going to work next and more about what we were actually going to do in our time um, in between contracts. So uh, we always tried to tee them up so that we finished together at the same time and we both um, love travelling. So um, what we sort of worked out was if we, you know, worked for, say, six months and had had steady contracts for six months, we could live on Ben's income and save mine and put all of that away and then take a few months off at a time to go on a trip afterwards or, or to have a break. So... Um, our first big stint off um, t- timed in nicely with uh, Ben is English and has been living out in Australia for five years now, but it timed in nicely with his parents' first visit to Australia. So we took three months off and we had a month with them um, in Sydney and New South Wales showing them around for Christmas. And then um, after they left, we went to Sri Lanka for two months, which was awesome. Oh, wow. How was that? It was really cool. Um, neither of us had been before and we both deliberately wanted to choose somewhere that neither of us had been or, or really knew a great deal about. Um, India was sort of hot on our to-do list, but I think at that stage um, we'd heard sort of mixed reports and we felt like um, two months probably isn't enough time to really get a proper feel for India either. Um, so we chose India's smaller cousin, Sri Lanka, <laughs> and, and, and through two months at that. So that was really awesome. We, we had plenty of time to be able to like see and do lots, but also do absolutely nothing some days too, which was awesome. And was, was that the year of the long holiday? It was the year of the long holiday. So after we came back from Sri Lanka, so that was three months off, we then thought, well, you know, why why wouldn't we do this all the time? You know, there's no reason for us to have to work full time. If we can, you know, essentially, you know, work for six months and afford to have three months off, then why, why wouldn't we work, you know, half a year and have half a year off? So we came back and we both took um, contracts again with the view that we would have another couple of months off later in the year and um, some of Ben's friends were getting married in the UK so we thought it would be a really good and I lived over there for six years but hadn't been back in a couple of years so thought oh well it's a really good time to go back so just sort of worked again um, focusing like obviously taking great contracts and we were enjoying our work but really just focusing on on getting to that next um point where we could take time off and I think all of our friends were giving us a bit of a hard time because we were away so often um and you know coined it the year of the the long holiday because we seem to be on holidays all the time but you know it really started to to I guess become a change of pace for us and and we really started to question well you know do, do we even need these jobs do we even need to want to do we want to work in this industry do we want to continue to work for other people you know it it started to I guess empower us to really take take control over 
um, how much we were working and how hard we were working uh, and really sort of start to make decisions about, you know, what we wanted for our future. But what got you to that point where you felt like you needed that break? You, you were talking about before about having freedom of time and there seems to be this um, relationship between time versus money. Yeah. And what's more valuable. But I feel like there are lessons that, that you've learned along the way. What was that moment where you just felt like you needed you needed that break? You know, you were talking about having that, oh, what was that phrase you used? Pound. Uh, giving you a pound of flesh. Yeah. Is, is that what it felt like? Did you feel like you just had, you were trapped, that you had no, no out? A little bit. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think we were trapped as such, but I did on on so many occasions walk away from a really stressful day where you know you'd started early, you were getting home at eleven o'clock at night or later if you were working on pitches or something like that, where you'd had like see like really intense conversations. It had been really stressful. You really you know you'd skipped meals. You'd done all these things and you know, you'd get home just totally strung out and and I would sit down and think, does any of this actually even matter? Like, it, especially working in advertising, it's a bit of a soulless industry. Like, there, it is, I, I think, quite rare that you get to work on a brief where you really feel like the work that you're doing is making, um, making a difference for the good um, versus just trying to sell people more stuff. Um, so I think there was a lot of times that we came home and just went, oh, my God, you know, I am so strung out and, and this doesn't even mean anything to me. I don't even I didn't even care about this, you know. And, and, you know, the conversations that you're having at the time feel like life and death and, you know, the looming <laughs> deadlines and everything. And then you, then you sit back and go, oh, why? This is just to get somebody to buy more washing detergent or, yeah. you know, something really arbitrary like that. So I think we'd both sort of reached a stage where we were both starting to think this is crazy. Like we don't even care about this stuff. You know, if we were working constantly, I think, on briefs or with clients um, where the work that we were doing really mattered and really made a difference, I think maybe we would have felt a little bit more, um, I don't know, attuned to what was going on and feel less resentful of, of feeling that stress and feeling the pressure of those deadlines. But, you know, we just didn't. And and that, I think, was um, the point in which we were just like, you know, we, we need to do something to change this because, you know, we're, you know, in our early 30s and there is no need to feel like this if you're not getting out of it what you need. So, And those life and death conversations that – so many people have at work, you know, we need to do this now. If it doesn't happen, then, you know, the, the, the end of the world is coming. But yeah. as soon as you resolve that, there's a new one and then there's a new one and then there's a new one. And the only end that I feel that really comes is, is the end of our soul. We end up putting so much time and energy into things that maybe don't mean that much in the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, one of my colleagues um, always used to say to me, this is just advertising. Like, it doesn't matter. This is just advertising. You know, kittens are not going to die if we miss this deadline. <laughs> um, the world is not going to implode. But, you know, And it's true, but I think when you're in the heat of the moment and particularly if you're the person who um, I guess is on the receiving end of um, – you know, the, the client's phone call when that deadline does get missed or something, you know, it is very difficult. It, it, sorry, it is very easy to lose perspective in that re, in that respect. Mm. Um, and sometimes it takes for you to be able to just have that crazy moment where you're like, you know, what am I doing? God. So, um, yeah, I, I think the year of the long holiday definitely helped with that. And um we then got to a point where we were, we'd started to talk about, okay, well, in the longer term, you know, how's this going to work? You know, we wanted to have a family and um, working those sort of hours and under those sort of stress and pressures really isn't conducive to starting a family. And, you know, we wanted to buy a house, but, you know, living in Sydney, um, property prices are insane. And we just started to, to see that there was a lot of things that didn't 
marry up with what we wanted for ourselves. But um, Ben was made an incredible offer um, and got a promotion. So um, we had to toss in the the year of the long holiday and and the dreams of continue on continuing to live like nomads for a little bit um, while he took that role. So we were then um, with him working uh, taking a permanent role. We were then sort of based in Sydney again full time to kind of give up that lifestyle that you were enjoying was that really the lure of the the paycheck that kind of got you back there or was it the lure of this amazing job working for people that are supportive and on <laughs> on clients and products that are going to change the world for a bit for the better uh it it was it was the latter it was less to do with the money but more to do with the opportunity um it was a really great opportunity for ben and um one that you know kind of fell in his lap without him having to really chase it that hard so it seemed crazy to to at least not give it a go so um that was sort of the main reason and and i think because it was such a big opportunity as well you know that came with um I guess maybe the opportunity for greater job satisfaction for him too. Um, so yeah, he took the role and I continued to freelance, but um, I then wasn't quite ready to sort of go back into full-time work. So um, I also sort of picked up a, a, another thing on the side and sort of, I used to do ceramics when I was at university. I have a fine arts major. Um, so I got back into doing ceramics part-time um, and continued working in advertising freelance while, while Ben had taken this full-time role. Um, so, yeah, it, we were both, I think, quite sad to, to see that go. And I think that the first the first rude shock was really when we went to plan our next holiday and Ben realized that he only has four, four weeks annual leave a year in a full-time job. And after being able to take, you know, six months off the last previous year, that was a little bit, a bit of a bitter pill to swallow, but um, yeah, you know, it, it was a great opportunity for him. And you've said previously to me offline about a, a phrase that is um, oh God. something in the pipeline, which is a phrase yeah. that, that you felt like you always needed to have something to look forward to. And yep. why do you think you never felt satisfied with what you had or, or what hole do you think you were continuously trying to fill? I have talked about this so many times with so many different friends so I'm pleased to I'm pleased to report that I'm not the only person that <laughs> that has this phrase and feels like this, but um, yeah, I, I was just never satisfied with what we were doing or what we had, and I always had to look had to have something to look forward to, um, whether it be you know booking in another holiday straight, like literally researching my next holiday while I'm on a current holiday or um, having to have, you know, gig after gig after gig, you know, lined up in my diary so that I had at least one gig to go to a week sort of thing. Um, I never, I just had to have something on the go all of the time. And I think um, after being like this for so long, I think what I've grown to realize is that I was just really, really unhappy with the day to day, really, really unhappy with the day to day, you know, happy in my life. Like I'm a happy person and, you know, I've got great relationships and wonderful family and all of those sorts of things. But in terms of, I guess, the fulfillment I was getting out of the nine to five or the seven till 11 or whatever the hours were that, you know, were being dictated by my job. Um, I was just really unhappy and, and I wasn't getting fulfillment out of it. And I think because I felt like I was having to give so much of myself to, to this job that didn't mean anything to me, um, that I wasn't getting satisfaction out of, I felt like I was owed something, you know, I, I needed to make up for that by, you know, filling my life with all this other stuff that I, I did, you know, when I wasn't at work. And, you know, sometimes even just doing all that other stuff was exhausting as well and it ended yeah. up being a bit of a double-edged sword. But I, I always had to feel like I had something in the pipeline and that I was working towards something. I'm like a really goal-oriented person. So for me, that that was hugely important, um, but exhausting as well. <laughs> and do you think a lot of that has to do with like this, this more society and especially with, you know, you working in, in an ad agency, but, yeah. but that like 
when we want things, once we want, we just want more. Like wanting leads to more wanting. Yeah. And like, do you think that you had excess in your life? Um, I probably had excess events. <laughs> I was probably, I really didn't need to be so busy. I was so busy all of the time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of excess of, I don't know, like things around the house and clothes and stuff like that, not so much. I mean, I, I think we, we were quite good. Well, we did our best to live um, un- as uncluttered as possible. And also because we just weren't really home very much mm. either, that that made a difference. But I think um, in terms of, you know, I, I didn't have enough quiet time. I didn't have enough time. And when I was quiet, I was so restless. I just felt like I it was wasted time and I should be doing something. So, um, yeah, I, I can definitely see now how how that just wasn't a, a, a great place to be. <laughs> and you were saying that you were a little bit unhappy or, or unf- unfulfilled and, you know, that's got to pay – it's toll on, on any relationship. Was there moments when you realized things weren't the best relationship wise? And, and yeah, yeah, how did did you deal with that? Definitely. I mean, I think, um, we definitely went through quite a rough patch around the same time. And I think, um, you know, it was really, really hard for us at that time to align our priorities as a couple. I think, um, you know, I've got some really great mates that live in Melbourne and I think as a result of feeling like I was stuck in Sydney, I really just wanted to move to Melbourne. That was my next thing in the pipeline and I was really, really gunning and pushing for that, even though I, I now I can look back with retrospect and see that that would not have been the best decision for our relationship. You know, it's not what Ben wanted. He would have, you know, done it for me, but that that isn't what he wanted. And then I think, you know, he, he really wanted to take this opportunity for work, which, you know, he absolutely should, should, you know, needed to take that opportunity and give that a go for himself personally and professionally. But, you know, that sort of hemmed us back into Sydney life and I wasn't happy there. So it was, I think we both felt like we were really compromising and, and neither one of us was particularly happy. So, um, yeah, it, it was, re- it did become a really difficult time for us. And, um, you know, it all sort of came to a head and then we both just had to really face up to what was going on and, and why we felt like that and, and try and find a way to, to work through that together as a couple. And, and so then what happened? Well, um, we, we had the trip to the UK and, and obviously we'd come back. And, and when we'd come back from the UK and, and Ben had taken this full-time job, um, we had, uh, I think, sort of as a, almost as another compromise with, with not moving to Melbourne, um, we did start to talk about, okay, well, if, if we're going to be staying in Sydney we still need to, you know, what do we want to achieve for ourselves for the next year? If it's not going to be the year of the long holiday, what is it going to be? And and so we started to talk about buying our first property. And buying in Sydney was just not an option for us for a couple of reasons. You know, we both were on really good salaries and could have afforded to buy a place where we wanted to live. But I think that that, that would have resulted in us being totally hamstring to Sydney and to our jobs um, just simply due to mortgage and financial reasons, and, and that was terrifying for both of us. Neither one of us wanted to have a mortgage so large that we couldn't take a holiday or we couldn't live, like, mm. life the way we wanted to. So that that sort of became an option that we decided to rule out. Um, then we thought, well, okay, well, let's buy an investment property. But, you know, to buy a good investment property in Sydney, you know, you're sort of looking at purchasing like way out west at this stage. And we thought we're still going to have to sink a huge lump of our savings into a property that we have no connection with, that we'll never live in, that, you know, you know, we're never going to receive any, I guess, um, emotional benefit from owning. So we also ruled that out. And then we started to have this conversation about, well, 
maybe why don't we buy a holiday house? You know, at least if we buy a holiday house, that's somewhere that we could escape from Sydney. You know, when we feel like we've burnt out, we can literally just get in the car on Friday night, make sure it's somewhere, you know, reasonable driving distance from Sydney. Um, and then we've got like a little escape. And so, you know, it was like a Sunday morning, we're laying in bed, it was not very nice weather outside. So we were both on our phones, like doing a little bit of research. And I said to Benny, like, if, if you were going to buy a holiday house anywhere, where would you buy? And he said, like, like Pacific Palms, definitely. Like, um, and Pacific Palms, if you don't know where it is, is sort of on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. So it's about a three-and-a-half-hour, four-hour drive from Sydney. And it's where Seal Rocks and Treachery and um, Foster and um, Wallace Lakes and Smiths Lakes is. And we'd come camping at Treachery um, multiple times. And I've been coming up to, to Treachery since I was 17 to go on surfing and camping trips. And so it just seemed like a really natural choice. We, you know, we'd both really bonded over that when we first started dating and came up as frequently as we could. So we, we had a quick look and realized how affordable property was here and thought, right, like, let's do this. We could totally, we can totally afford to buy this place and even have it sit empty while we work in Sydney and have it as our little like escape plan. We can, we can go up there on a weekend. So yeah, so we started looking and, um, we found, uh, we found a place and put in an offer and we missed out on the first one, but the second one we managed to get. So, um, we our offer was accepted on, I think it was new year's Eve, um, of last year, which was very exciting. Um, and then by, um, end of February, we had the keys. Wow. So, so yeah, so super exciting to get this little, um, escape plan in place, but what sort of transpired over that time from deciding we were going to buy a holiday house to actually getting the keys was we started to talk more and more about, well, what if this became a more of a permanent escape plan rather than just a weekend escape plan? And like, could we actually move there? And, and what would that mean for us? So I think that's where it all started to get a bit scary. <laughs> wow. And so talk me through that process of a holiday house becoming your permanent home like there must be so many things that you need to do and change when you're about to embark on a huge life transformation like you have you know how did you how did you tackle them all um we it's a really good question and it did looking back it felt like it does still feel like a total whirlwind um I guess obviously the obvious thing is, well, what are we going to do about work? Um, this area, Pacific Palms, is very much like a holiday destination. And whilst there are a lot of people that move here, um, it, it's not the sort of place that you move to and just find a job. You have to make a job. Um, it's it, it's a community full of lots of you know small business owners who have moved here and set up their own life, but set up their own business in order to facilitate that. So we um, had to, I guess, assess, right, you know, what are we able to do? Can we set up our own business, you know, and what would that business be? So um, the natural choice was obviously to set up a, a little studio of our own um, because Ben and I uh, have worked together um, the whole time that we've been together um, as a couple. And, you know, even when freelancing, we're freelancing at the same agencies and most recently had been working together as a creative um, partnership at work as well. So that seemed like a natural choice, but we had no idea what the appetite would be um, like for that in this area. And, you know, are there many other businesses doing the same thing and who would be our competitors and all that sort of thing. So we did a little bit of a swat on the area just to have a look at, what sort of businesses were in the area and was there anything like this here? Um, and that was sort of our first port of call. And I guess, you know, reality sets in that setting up your own business isn't as easy as just deciding to set up your own <laughs> business. You know, it's it's a lot of hard work and, you know, lots of small businesses start and fail. And, and I guess when we knew we would have all our livelihood would be depending upon the success of that business, including being able to cover our mortgage, that became a bit of a scary option. So we thought then, okay, well, what can we do on the side while we try and get our business off the ground? Um, 
And the next natural choice was to try and find contracts um, working for agencies in Newcastle or in Sydney that would allow us to work remotely from our house. Um, we're both very fortunate in that we work for digital agencies or, or, or I guess our focus um, has been in the past on, on digital advertising. So obviously um, the nature of digital is all online. So there isn't really any reason that we would be needed in the agency every single day. Um, but what we thought we could do is obviously make ourselves available to attend workshops or client meetings or briefings or that sort of thing. And, and other than that, if, if people were fine about it, um, to work from home and set up a little studio from home. So the, the next step then, we sort of parked the business, getting the business up and running um, to the side for a while and thought, well, the first port of call is being able to really lock down some um, steady income so that we can actually make the move. Um, so I'm originally from Newcastle. So I um, got back in touch with some people that I knew in the industry there. And, um, you know, we had a couple of weeks of coming up for meetings with people and, and just trying to make some new connections there. And it turned out that, you know, people were people were more um, into the idea of us working remotely than we had expected. So, um, and even agencies in Sydney, we had quite a few contacts down there and people that we spoke to down there as well were quite open to working with us remotely. I guess, you know, we had established relationships with them so they knew, you know, what we were like and what our work ethic was like. So it wasn't a question of whether we'd be able to get the job done or not. Um but, yeah, it's meant building new relationships in Newcastle, um, which has been really good for us. And, um, and yeah, just trying to get those contracts down so that we knew that we had we were getting enough steady income in to cover our mortgage um, and our living costs and then making sure also that those contracts were only part-time so that we could spend the other half of our time on um, trying to start to get our business off the ground. Yeah. So you, you overcame that employment hurdle yeah what were the other concerns about moving you know four hours away from where you are now you know you can travel that in a day but you probably can't go up and back in a day no what what, what were some of the concerns with 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 you know making the tree change first and foremost it was definitely missing our mates um we don't know anybody up here so um we realized that we were deliberately isolating ourselves um and that was a, a bit of a scary thing you know we you know we're both very social people we have lots of great friends in sydney um and we're uh, like i explained you know always out and about doing stuff so you know there was an element of you know this is quite a big change this is going to be quite a big lifestyle lifestyle change you know, there aren't going to be, th go I'm not going to be going to three gigs a week and, you know, we're not going to have all our favourite restaurants at our fingertips and we are going to miss out on, you know, our mates' birthdays and nights out and, you know, Sunday lunches and stuff like that and, and really, I guess, miss those relationships that we built in Sydney and how did we feel about that? And that, that was like a really big thing, I think, for us Um to, to, I guess, talk about, and we talked about it a lot before we really, I guess, cemented in that we were doing this. Um, I think also, you know, we were both quite conscious that we were about to put our relationship under quite a bit of strain again as well. You know, when you only have each other to rely on um, just for day-to-day -day support, you know, that, that if you're not ready for that, that can also cause problems and you know we had a great support network in Sydney with all of our friends that you know when we were going through the rough patch previously that you know we had people around us to help us get through that so you know were we ready for that and and that was definitely a, a point of discussion um on many occasion in in the planning phase um I guess we're lucky in the in the respect that we do have friends in Newcastle and my family are in Newcastle so that's sort of only I don't know an hour 45 from our place so it's not so bad um and if we were going to be doing work in Newcastle too that gives us I guess more of an opportunity to to spend more time with those people as well um but yeah it was a definite consideration you know we were moving from a big city that we were very much 
you know, a part of in terms of, you know, being out and about and doing things and spending time with our mates to um, living in a little suburb, which is a pocket inside the National Park um, in a holiday destination, which is very sleepy and very snoozy. Um, and, and were we ready for that? So, yeah, it was it, it was a lot to think about, definitely. And I guess the other thing too is if it all goes belly up, you can – come back to Sydney. That's right. I, th I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is that these decisions are concrete and they're final and they're irre irreversible. Where going, falling back steps is, is actually quite easy to do. Yeah. And I don't know whether... I don't know whether we were just very naive or very optimistic, but... Um, that was very much our approach. You know, everyone thought, all of our friends at first, first thought we were crazy, I think. And they were like, are you, are you guys actually going to go through with this? You know, are you really going to move there? Um, because, you know, they knew what we were like. They knew how busy we, we liked being and that we were always away doing stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I think we both had had the discussion and, and said, well, you know, if this does, if this all bombs and it doesn't work and, you know, we don't have any money or we're unhappy or we feel lonely or any of those things, you know, all we're, all we're risking is the cost of moving. That is it. Like, you know, we can pack everything back up, stick it in a truck and move back to Sydney. You know, we are not going to be so far away and out of touch that we will lose our connections there. We can get work again. You know, all of those things are, are not a problem. So in our mind, in terms of, um, I guess, risking financial security or any of those sort of really practical things, we thought, well, you know, the only thing we're losing that we risk losing really is the cost of moving. And sure, it would, you know, be a pain in the neck to have to do do the move all over again, but it's totally doable. Mm. So we sort of said, well, let's give it 12 months. We'll see what happens in 12 months. We will be prepared to work really hard at, at you know, at, at building, you know, new business relationships, getting our business off the ground and also making sure that we've got enough time to enjoy ourselves and enjoy our new area, you know, not work so hard that we're not able to enjoy what we've built for ourselves. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, we just book a truck and move back to Sydney. Happy days. Yeah. So so moving into the present now, you've yep. completely redesigned your life. <laughs> you were living in a beach cottage, which actually makes me really happy to say <laughs> describe the first moment in your new home when you realized we've just done this <laughs> uh, I, it actually didn't happen for the first I don't know I think it must have been the first week or week and a half um I, I don't know if I've told you Benny is a mad keen fisherman so totally fishing obsessed you know if he is if he's not talking if he's gone silent it's because he's thinking about fishing about <laughs> fishing about fishing rigs fishing knots different types of fish different fish reels like you know he's got a fishing kayak this you know decked out thing anyway like mad keen fishermen so this is this place is like fishing mecca we've got you know wallace lake is at the end of our street at one end um then we've got Booty Booty Beach, like the main beach is at the other end of our street. So he's surrounded by fi great fishing locations. Um, and I absolutely love the beach and love being by the ocean. So um, it wasn't until I think we'd been living here for about a week and a half and we had gone for a beach walk. We'd got up early, gone for a beach walk, seen the sun come up. And while we were at the beach, um, a whole big pot of dolphins came through and then um, we enjoyed that. Then we went and got a coffee. Then we drove around to Elizabeth Beach, which is our favourite, and we sat there for a while in the sun drinking our coffee. And then we were driving back down the lake's way back towards our place. And, Ben, it was just this moment. We'd both gone dead silent. We hadn't said a word to each other since we got back in the car. And he just looked at me and he goes, oh, my God, this is our life. Brooke, this is our life. We live here. This is our home. And we, and we both, it's so corny, but we were both like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Wow. There's a lot of sh a lot of shrieking. And, yeah, I had a little cry. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was it's so cool. I think we're still pinching ourselves. Like we've been um, 
living here for three months now. And, you know, we, we, we don't have everything set up by any means. We're still, um, we picked up, you know, we've gone from a two bedroom, small flat in Rose Bay in Sydney to a three bedroom, enormous house, um, it, you know, at Booty Booty. And we just, yeah, the house is a bit echoey at the moment. We're still, you know, trying to get furniture and, you know, taking hand-me-downs from other people and picking up great bargains in the council pickup and stuff like that. But, you know, we're, we're absolutely loving it and it, it's nice to have a project that we feel like we're, you know, creating something amazing for ourselves, um, both in, you know, I guess getting our house set up and, you know, enjoying where we live, but also, you know, now starting to architect what our life is going to look like and, and how we want to work and, and who we want to work with. And I guess that has been the, the next step in the journey, which has been, you know, trying to get our business um, set up. And, and we're very much in the infancy of that at the moment. Wow, that sounds beautiful. It really does. <laughs> and like, what do you think have been the biggest changes in your life that you've noticed? You know, you describe then a particular day obviously not every day is like that but you know what no. what what is your what, what's your typical week you know what is this redesigned life um at the moment it's quite varied to be honest um ben has so ben has like a um a set contract at the moment with an agency in Newcastle that he's doing work with and he's working for them three days a week. So um, he's down in Newcastle a few of those days. And then I'm doing, uh, and then aside from that, we're both doing sort of contract work or project work um, with other agencies that we've worked with previously in Sydney. Um, and then aside from that, it's really just now trying to do some research into the area and, and work out who we think our market is going to be for our business. But, you know, I, I think the biggest thing for me has been um, with Ben being in, in Newcastle three days a week um, for his contract. You know, we only have one car and I'm here at the house. Most of the work I've been doing has all been remote. So I've been at home I'm working from here. And I think I am still very much grappling with not needing to be busy. I don't have to be busy anymore. Um, I don't have any reason to be busy anymore. I, you know, I have such, I've created this great life for myself here or for us here. And I think the biggest thing that I'm grappling with now is, you know, trying to find that inner calm, like mm -hmm. after years and years of being so busy all the time and really pushing myself, you know, to now just be able to sit back and relax and be okay about having a really lazy day where you know if all I do is sit on the deck in the sun and drink a cup of coffee and you know enjoy looking out at where I live then you know that's a good day and I, and I need to be able to feel okay about that but mm. yeah I think that that's definitely the biggest change it's interesting because when we the first month when we were on this adventure through the US and we were in Clam Lake Wisconsin which is a a town of 37 people in the north woods of Wisconsin in in winter so it was December that, yeah that first month I I struggled to slow down it, it yeah it took a while to get used to you know I was also looking after Andy you know I still am you know pretty much from sun up to sundown so I've got this little little shadow around me the whole yeah. time so I was getting used to that but then also to not have work and to be okay with that yeah that that my my work in inverted commas was something different now but it was very different to what I used to be doing it it does take time I guess to get used to change even if that change is so much for the better yeah definitely and I think it's really surprised me I didn't expect to feel like this um and I think you know, it, it is going to take some time to get used to, but you're right. It is about, I, I think for me, it's going to be about learning to value different things. And I think um, living in Sydney, the things that I valued in terms of how I spent my time was, um, I guess, how I felt I rewarded myself for working really hard during the day, um, you know, Monday to Friday. So I felt like I rewarded myself by, you know, going to gigs or having a weekend away or, you know, 
having a holiday or going out for an expensive dinner or, you know, whatever, whatever I decided it was like they, they were the things that I felt rewarded by, um, when I didn't feel rewarded by the nine to five. Mm -hmm. And here it's so different because, you know, I'm now able to choose who I work with and what, what, what businesses or brands I do work with. And that's rewarding because I get to make the decision and, you know, I'm choosing to work with people that I admire and I respect, which is amazing. Um, and then when I'm not doing the work, you know, uh, it's okay for me to, you know, sit and read a book for half a day if that's what I want to do. Or it's okay for me to go out and have a walk and just simply enjoy being where I am. And, you know, I, I think I need to learn to value that that slow change and, and being slow and being, you know, having that quiet time and, and not feeling like, you know, it's not a – it, you know, it's not a good day if I haven't achieved a million things or I haven't, you know, done a million things. It's okay just to have a day where you don't do anything. So I think for me, yeah, that's going to be the biggest challenge. It is quite a nice challenge though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, God, I just, I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to re-listen to this podcast and go, oh my God, no, cry no, me a river. That no, sounds no, terrible. No. I, I, hey, change no matter what it is, is difficult. But, yeah. um, but like looking back out at it now and, and speaking of difficult, was it as hard as you might have thought it was? Like, was it as big and scary or, or, or once we've done something, do we look back and go, yeah, it was all right? Um, I don't know if this is the right thing to say or not, but I don't, I don't think we allowed ourselves to think about it enough to get scared in the first instance. It all happened so quickly that we were so focused on just making it happen that we didn't have time to think about how scary it was. It wasn't until I think our last week in our flat in Sydney when, you know, we'd packed everything up. The majority of it had already gone up to the house. We were sleeping on an air mattress in our bedroom and, you know, still having to go to work during the day that we were like, oh, my God, this is actually happening. We're really doing this. And then, you know, once we got up here, we were so excited about being here that that all sort of um, any fear or, or worry sort of subsided. And then I think in the last month, um, while we've just been trying to, I guess, find our groove and, and get things sorted in terms of a steady stream of work, that's definitely been a little bit scary. I think, you know, there's definitely been moments where, you know, we've both just sat down and gone, okay, this is, this is harder and more stressful than we thought it was going to be. Um, and that that has been a worry, but I think also, you know, each time that that worry has sort of crept in, we've both just sat back and looked at each other and said, but the alternative is going back to Sydney. And, you know, the other day Benny was saying to me, I just can't imagine us ever living there again. You know, it seems like such a long time ago and it was only three months, but, you know, since we've moved, but it, it just, it just doesn't feel like us anymore and, and where we are does, which I think is such a nice feeling. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's we knew it was not going to be easy. We didn't expect it to be easy. We knew it was going to be hard and we both agreed that we were, were prepared to really give it the hard slog for 12 months. And if it doesn't work out and it's too stressful or it's too hard, then we'll just go back to Sydney. And, you know, we haven't lost anything. It's a, a great experience regardless. Or you can just go fishing and lie on a beach. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I'm sure ben, ben will cut me loose to go back to Sydney and he'll go out fishing and live off the kayak, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it, it really, it's amazing what you guys have done. And, it, and it's, not, it's not easy, but nothing's easy. You no, know, and but you, you, you've made that choice, which is which is beautiful. Um, I ha I have one final question, which I ask all my guests, and it might seem a little bit redundant on you because you'll probably just say today, but <laughs> but describe your perfect day. Ah, oh, okay, perfect day. The perfect day at the moment is um we just got a puppy um a few a couple of months ago and um he's now toilet trained thankfully and is sleeping through the night which means we don't have to get up to him anymore which is great also 
But the perfect day starts with him sleeping in just a little bit longer than 20 past six. So <laughs> he'll sleep in to maybe quarter to seven. And we get up and we go to the beach and we take him for a long beach walk in the morning in the sun. We get to see dolphins or a whale. It doesn't have to be both, but one or the other would be nice. Um, we go get a coffee. We sit at Elizabeth Beach and enjoy the sun there. And then go home, make some breakfast, sit out on the deck, eat that. And then for the rest of the day, just relax, go to the beach in the afternoon for a swim. And that's it. Um, you know, for someone who was out till all hours of the morning when I lived in Sydney, I'm now lucky to make it past 9.30 <laughs> at night now before I go to bed. Um, so, yeah, my, my days are a lot shorter now than they used to be, but um yeah, it's so much more enjoyable. That sounds beautiful. It really does. And Brooke, thank you so much for your time today and, and for sharing your journey. Like it really is inspiring. And as I said earlier, it just makes me so happy. It really does just, just hearing it. But if, um, if people want to reach out to you and, and follow your adventure, what's the best way for them to um, contact you? Definitely. Um, the best place to probably like keep track of my adventures, if you like, is on Instagram. Um, so my Instagram handle is um, Brooke T lives here, um, and you'll be able to see pictures of where we live, and you know, direct message me on there if you like. Um, you'll get to see pictures of my really cute puppy Zeppelin. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's probably the best spot to get me. Uh, unreal. I'll make sure that. Uh... All the links are in the show notes, which can be found at liveimmediately.com. Thanks again, Brooke. Um, it's really been fun. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.